Welcome everyone to another episode of the Weed Hockey Podcast. No, another one. Uh, same week, I want to say. Because uh, the last one we did was only when? Two days ago. Yeah, two days ago. Um, so um, within those two days, it uh, appears that we have a whole bunch of more, a uh, whole bunch more uh, news to talk about. So without further ado, let's dive right in. Um, first off, um, we actually have some uh, structure in how we do things now. So uh, only took about 40, this is episode like 45, I think. Uh, <laughs> it took like 45 episodes to finally get to actually, you know, being, you know, gathering some thoughts in a constructive format. So um, first off, we're going to break it up into some outside the NHL news. Uh, so uh, Asat... Uh, out of the Liga League, uh, has signed defenseman defense uh have signed defenseman Andreas Borgman to a one year contract, uh with a out clause uh to join NHL uh, until mid December, uh and Borgman is part of the St Louis Blues' uh minor league system, uh playing 53 games this past season with the San Antonio Rampage, two goals, 14 assists in those 53 games. Uh, and also since the San Antonio Rampage have since moved on to Henderson uh, to become the Henderson Silver Knights for the Golden Knights, um, you know, I, I'm pretty sure he didn't want to be, you know, in North America right now uh, playing, so he's going to the Liga League. And also uh, SKA St. Petersburg in the KHL have uh, signed forward Vladislav Kamenev, uh, former of the Colorado Avalanche, to a two-year contract, and uh, Kamenev only had eight points as an uh, as an Av in 38 games this past season, one goal, seven assists, uh, and is currently a pending RFA for the Avalanche at this time. Uh, so he's a uh, part of the KHL uh, for next two years. And uh, now we get into some hirings and firings. Um, first off, the hired section, uh, Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, naming Samuel Kim as the, uh, new video coach and, uh, coaching coordinator for the Maple Leafs, uh, spent the last two seasons, uh, as video coach, uh, for the Bakersfield Condors, which is the, uh, affiliate for the AHL affiliate for the Edmonton Oilers, um, as well as Sir... He also served as a video coach for the South Korean national team uh, and the Springfield Falcons. Uh, so that's uh, nice to know. Uh, and allegedly, uh, he was also uh, Sparky, the uh, New York Islanders' mascot, um, back in 2008 through 2011, uh, apparently. Um, so that's an uh, interesting tidbit of information. But uh, yeah. Um, Congrats to him. Uh, Pittsburgh Penguins have named Todd Reardon. Uh, that man, that that name sounds kind of familiar. As, as if he uh, was a coach for um, one of the uh, interdivisional rivals or anything like that. Uh, yeah, Todd Reardon, uh, Reardon and uh, Mike Villucci as assistant coaches, uh, replacing Jacques Martin, Mark Ricci, and Sergei Gonchar. Uh, Reardon will oversee the defensive group and power play unit, and Volucci will be working on the forward group and penalty kill. Um, so, um, 
the Penguins' uh, coaching group is starting to, you know, get changing faces since of the uh, av- ever since the Cup one in 2017 is kind of falling off the wagon uh, for them, which if st- one would imagine if it goes steadily like it is right now or even gets worse safe to say Mike Sullivan's days will be numbered um no doubt in my mind on that one and last for the hiring section of the show here uh the Florida Panthers I know uh talked about a touch base about that maybe I want to say it was two yeah about two episodes ago um because that was also the episode that I I very much remember because uh I recorded 41 episode uh 41 minutes of an episode uh turned out my computer was overheating to the point to where it didn't record the third last 39 minutes of that episode uh, which was like two episodes ago but yeah uh i know i had uh um elliot friedman came out with a list of people that the florida panthers were looking to become their uh, new general manager and uh turns out none of those names because i had i mean because I was questioning, I don't know anyone off of that list that you could pick, but uh, I guess the Florida Panthers uh, figured that out. Uh, they named Bill Zito as the new general manager of the Florida Panthers. Uh, Zito has been within the Blue Jackets organization since 2013, uh, serving as assistant general manager, uh, as well as general manager for the Cleveland Monsters, or f- formerly, known, formerly known Lake Erie Monsters. Uh, and most... Uh, recently coming off of being senior vice president of hockey operations for the, uh, I want to say, the, I don't think he was in the Blue Jackets. I know he's in, uh, uh, or at least like the Cleveland Monsters didn't really specify if he was uh, senior VP of hockey operations for the Blue Jackets. But regardless, um, he uh, has some g- general manager experience. Um, that and um, looking at the video that the hockey guy on YouTube if you guys haven't checked him out go ahead check him out as well uh, I was also mentioning that he has had a uh, experience of uh, being an agent of uh, some sort so um, any players that are looking for you know to fleece the Panthers uh, might want to look elsewhere because Zito uh, knows the tricks of the trade is what uh, that's what they say in the biz um, but yeah Florida Panthers got a new general manager. And we have one tidbit of information. For, speaking of agents, uh, we have someone in the fired column. Montreal Canadiens forward Max Domi has fired his agent, Pat Brinson, uh, we, as he's supposed to be uh, scheduled to become a restricted free agent this uh, offseason, uh, per Stu Cohen of the Montreal Gazette. And coincidentally, uh, the same guy uh, that agent pet prison is good friends with uh mark bergevin and uh also previously represented uh max petcheretti uh when he was with the canadiens in 2018 before he got shipped off to uh good old vegas and uh <laughs> look where uh where petcheretti is now he's uh doing much better to say the least so uh ho- hopefully max domi you know gets in a better place uh if not montreal somewhere else um but it'll be interesting to see what how that fo- unfolds uh we got some signings speaking of uh talking about uh off-season t- 
type stuff here. Uh, the Los Angeles Kings have re-signed forward Carl Grundstrom to a two-year extension, 1.45 mil uh, average annual value of 725k. Not a bad deal. Uh, first year of the contract is a two-way contract worth 700 grand at the NHL level and 70 grand at the AHL level. Uh, and the second year, the contract is a one-way deal worth that full 750k. Um, and also, the LA Kings as, as well have re-signed forward Austin Wagner to a three-year extension, 3.4 million, uh, with an AAV of 1.133 million. So, um, good pickup right there. Some depth, some youth. Um, yeah. Now we got some stat check. Stat check here, because we're uh, we're trying to keep uh, keep on rolling with the whole uh, stats uh, type deal. Uh, Colorado Avalanche forward Nazem Kadri has now uh, second on the franchise list of gaming winning goals in a single postseason. So on that list, a lot of illustrious names on here. We have Claude Lemieux. Uh, in the 96-97 postseason with four uh, tied with Chris Drury in the 98-99 offseason. Peter Forsberg for 99-00, uh, oh, 99-2000, as well as 0-1-0-2 with all with four goals. Nazem Kadri with that five uh, game-winning goals in this uh, postseason. And number one, surprise, surprise, Joe Sackick in the 95-96 uh, postseason with six, so um, he's only one away from tying old Sackick and two away from taking over the lead. So uh, you know, it's, it's quite a great company to be in. You know, especially in your first year being with the team, and also on the Colorado Avalanche, uh, points in a single postseason. Uh, Naz- uh, on top of Nazem Kadri being on the uh, game-winning goals list, uh, Nathan McKinnon. Uh, also part of a group of insane uh, Colorado Avalanche players as uh, the most amount of points in a single postseason, uh, fourth overall right now. Uh, Joe Sackick in 96-97 uh, postseason, in 17 games played, he got 25 goals. Uh, Nathan McKinnon, this postseason, has 25 goals currently. Well, no, 25 points, my bad. 25 points, if I said 25 points beforehand. Uh, 25 goals, I apologize, 25 points uh, this postseason. 14 games played to get to that mark, so that's why he's number four, not tied for fifth. Um, so, yeah, he's got a lot more to, uh, to prove there, and we'll get to in that in a second. Um, number three, also, Joe Sackick oh, in 2001, uh, 26 points in 21 games. Peter Forsberger in the 01-02 season, 27 points in 20 games and number one once again Joe Sackick uh, in the 95-96 season was really kind to him 34 points in 22 games played and we all know what happened in the 95-96 season uh, where the <clears throat> then Quebec Nordiques moved to Colorado and in their first year uh, at least the first full season of being in Colorado go on to win the Stanley Cup against the Florida Panthers. But yeah, there's a Colorado Avalanche here for you. And then also, uh, to put a dash of uh, Quinn Hughes in here, 
Quinn Hughes uh, have set an NHL record for most assists by a rookie defenseman in a single postseason with 13. And that previous record of 12 was held by Al McInnes, uh set in 1983-1984 postseason. So, um, over uh, overcoming Chopper's um, assist record. So, uh, Quinn Hughes, forced to be reckoned with, to say the least. Um, yeah. In other news, we have the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, wish I wasn't... Uh, Wish I was saying something more negative about the Chicago Blackhawks because I really hate really hate the Blackhawks. But um, it's not it's not it's not bad news at all. It's actually uh, quite good news actually. Uh, Chicago Blackhawks becoming the first NHL franchise to join the Rally the Vote um, initiative, <clears throat> which is a nonpartisan uh, coalition fo- focused on uh, encouraging fans uh, to register to vote and participate in your local and national elections. Uh, and along with the Blackhawks, they join um, 19 other teams across the uh, NBA, NFL, uh, MLB, uh, Major League Soccer, uh, WNBA, and the National Women's Soccer League. So um, way to step up for Black, uh, the Blackhawks and uh, be the first NHL team to uh, join that coalition so uh, hopefully more will follow because uh, voting is important uh, especially uh, how it's turning at least in America I don't know anywhere else in the because uh, we're, mul- we're a multinational uh, podcast it, as it may um, we uh, still yeah it's important <laughs> um, now switching gears to players again uh, Pittsburgh Penguins forward Sidney Crosby Underwent uh, some uh, wrist surgery this uh, this week, and he's expected to be out uh, recovering three to four weeks. Uh, so he will be making uh, him probably most certainly make camp and be good to go then. Uh, although it seems that he's getting injured a lot more as of late, because uh, I know he had that core injury that he was out for a while, um, which. Um, <clears throat> Didn't really do well. Turned out, it did the Penguins actually good when he was out and Malkin was, you know, on a, an elite level? And then when Malkin's out and Crosby's on another level, but um, but yeah, yeah, he'll be good next season, and uh, hopefully the Penguins will uh, be a little bit better next year. But at the same time, as I mentioned before, when I was talking about Penguins, maybe they just need to tear it all down and rebuild. But uh. But yeah, as long as Sid and Malkin and Tang's there, don't see that happening. Anywho, uh, Tempe Lightning uh, forward Patrick Maroon, the St. Uh, Louis hometown hero Bay Bay. Uh, he uh, did a tribute to St. Louis police officer Tamaris Bohannon, uh, who's also another hometown hero. Because, um, you know fallen police officers you know you gotta respect the police um he wrote his name on uh patrick maroon's uh stick on well patrick maroon wrote uh tamaris bohannon's stick uh name on his stick uh on the game uh i want to say it's the clinching game for the lightning so um it was good for uh, patrick maroon to uh honor him 
uh, in that uh, in that way. Um, and speaking of the playoffs and in the bubble, um, according to Dallas Stars defenseman Andre uh, Sakara, uh, bubble life is uh, really starting to take a men- at least at the very least a mental toll on uh, players. Uh, as an excerpt of what he was saying to Sport.sk. Uh, every day is the same, moving between arena and hotel, eating the same food in the same restaurants and playing cards or PS4 on our days off. We miss our families and starting to have an impact on some guys. Well, I mean, I can, att- I mean, I can really attest in the whole bubble type, uh, atmosphere, um, with, you know, for those that really don't know, I mean, I and you know military obviously uh i try I try to not make that known uh or at least i don't like to tout about it because you know people like to be like oh well you know i'm military i'm a big deal no i'm not i know i'm not a big deal in that regard i don't like to mention it and i like to separate my work with what i do this um because this is something that I can do to unplug my brain from, you know, work and all that. And you know, it's something that I enjoy doing. Uh, but being deployed, because I've deployed before and all that, it's kind of like the same deal. Like you do the same things over and over and over again. And you can't leave <laughs> the, uh, the the aforementioned bubble. And it kind of does take a mental toll on you, and, you know, and I can I can get that and I know there's not I know a lot of people that are military that do listen to this that might be like oh that's not the same thing there's similarities now I understand they're being played millions of dollars to play a child's game uh in a bubble and they're and then they might you know not be happy about being in a bubble bubble but think about you know the whole human aspect of you know how mentally taxing it is to just being in a, a bubble and you know some people I mean some people really do enjoy that but a lot of people no matter what if you're a, a functioning human being you like to somewhat regardless if you like people and interacting with people or not you have to go out and socialize with people and have a change of scenery you know because otherwise you're just gonna go a little insane <laughs> Um, may or may not have done that a couple times, but yeah, um, yeah, uh, hopefully, I mean, the way, and w- which we'll get into the whole Dallas Stars stuff in a second as well, but, uh, maybe so- very soon rather than later that they'll be able to get out of the bubble soon. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, we're going to take a quick break and when we come back, we got uh, a trade to talk about, uh, if you haven't, uh, figured that out already as well as uh divulging into some uh more uh topics at the end of this break so uh here we go all right so diving into the trade trade that we're all been waiting for the trade that you all totally did not know what i was going to cover uh if you hadn't already read the description or basically got gist of it from the title uh montreal canadians have acquired oh jake the snake allen 
and the 2022 seventh round pick from your 2019 Stanley Cup champion St. Louis Blues in exchange for a 2023 round pick previously owned by the Washington Capitals and a 2020 seventh round pick previously owned by the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, definitely can say I saw it coming. Uh, if I hadn't already mentioned that during the Petrangelo, you know, episode, um, it was to be expected to happen because number one, he's getting paid four something million, and the fact that you need to keep Petro, you're trying to keep Petro, Alex Petrangelo on the team, as well as you know that and it's about time that you're gonna have to wanna you know bring up Vili Husso allow him to be a backup because dude's only 25 years old you know he needs to get some backup uh, experience at the NHL level because he's been in the AHL le- in, the, in, it, in the NHL AHL god freaking talk <laughs> um for a while now and um yeah and that and then gives Jake you know a little bit more of a you know, a little bit of a opportunity to do better things and prove that he can do a lot better things outside of the Blues organization. Because, yeah, he got a Stanley Cup, but did he play any of the games for it? Uh, or at least did he win any games for it? No, but but you still, um, regardless if you played the, the games or not, you know, you're still there still help uh the team whether it be um you know just being support for Bennington or you know the other guys out there because you know regardless how quote-unquote great a player may be you know like even fourth line guys you know they're not quote-unquote superstars but hey they're just as important as those guys up front in the first second third lines you know um everyone's important in that in that regard and that's why in interviews it's not that i or this guy lost a game it's we lost a game or we won the game it's never i it's always we at least in hockey which is why it's always going to be the best sport of all time um but yeah i hope jake does well in uh the old Montreal on the Montreal Canadiens and uh, also since Carey Price tends to get injured you know a lot uh, he might get some uh, good uh, ice time up there as well so now with that said with that move uh, nothing really much more for me to say about the move for Jake Allen however uh, at least an aspect of Jake Allen himself but now you have to ask yourself as a question okay now we not not, we can't really use the correlation with the trade for uh brian uh trading brian elliott away back in 2016 because that was him being the bona fide starter and the guy that got you through all the rounds even though he did lose to san jose sharks in six but still got you through all those uh rounds and then trade him away this time around Jake Allen for that cup run didn't get you there it was Bennington got you all the way there 
Now this off season, once again, this off season, I'm gonna give the Blues a mulligan. Give them a mulligan this year. If they do the same shit next year, all right, maybe there's something wrong. But uh, I have a belief that they'll they'll turn it around. Yeah, they'll most definitely turn it around because they're much better than what they were doing. And this past regular season, prior to the stoppage, was proving that because they were leading the damn conference, the whole Western Conference. They were number two in the league underneath the Boston Bruins, who also, in their own right, was, um, was, um, doing really well, and all of a sudden they, uh, hit the bubble, and just something didn't happen. They last a little bit longer, obviously, than the, uh, the Blues did, but, uh, regardless, still doesn't matter, but, um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see how Bennington does without Allen behind him. And uh, I would imagine, not saying that they will, but I would imagine they bring Billy Huso up. If they go for another dude like Chad Johnson, so help me God, don't know why. Why spend the money on a veteran backup when, yeah, experience, I guess you could say you could say experience but why waste the money when you can just go and go for a guy that regardless needs some NHL ice time because he hasn't gotten any except for the times that one of the two goalies were down and then someone else the backup got hurt too um very seldomly as Billy Huso I mean he may have had a period not even of ice time on a regular season game. I know I've seen him play in the uh, preseason, but other than that, I mean, uh, he needs to get up there. So hopefully they just bring Huso up as the backup and just let it be that. And if you really need to get a veteran goaltender, then figure that out close to the deadline. All right. Don't let's just try to uh, be as I would kindly put it penny pinching since we are trying to keep our captain from leaving the team uh, and try to keep it from the second consecutive uh, captain to leave during their free agency. So, uh, yeah, hopefully that doesn't ha- happen, and hopefully he stays. And now we switch gears to the playoff check-in here at the Bleed Hockey Podcast. Uh, Lightning, the Tampa Bay Lightning are still waiting to see who they face in the Eastern Conference Final. Uh, the New York Islanders currently lead their series 3-2 and can clinch tonight at 5 p.m. Central Time. All their game starts at tonight at 5 p.m. Central Time. If the Flyers win this game, then Game 7 will occur on September uh, 5th, Saturday, September 5th, at a later-to-be-determined time. Uh, Western Conference is a little bit less defined right now. Uh, no one has clinched yet. Uh, Golden Knights had the ability to clinch uh, this past Tuesday but fell 2-1 to against the Canucks. Uh, they can clinch tonight if they, uh, as they go into Game Six uh, tonight at 7:45 p.m. Central Time, and if the Canucks somehow win, and I really hope they don't win, um, then Game Seven will occur tomorrow at an undisclosed time because they don't have that planned out yet. 
Uh, and the Dallas Stars had uh, the series lead and had the ability to clinch yesterday, but fell 4-1 to one with Colorado scoring four unanswered goals. Uh, and if you were like, wait, didn't the Dallas Stars kind of do that to their previous opponent? Well, yes, they did. They kind of did that same thing to the uh, Calgary Flames. And guess what? The Dallas Stars went on to win their series. And Colorado's doing what they did, what the Dallas Stars did to the Flames, which if, you know, if the trend goes, then Colorado will probably end up winning game seven. But that is yet to be seen um, as their um, game seven is tomorrow night as a current as of recording this, a undisclosed time because uh, don't uh, did it put that out yet. But yeah, um, Dallas Stars, I uh, was starting to really pump your tires a lot. And uh, I don't know if I pop uh, I pump your tires so you know, high that, you know, they popped and you just stopped, you know, basically took my high praises and told me to just, you know, shove it up my hoop. But, uh, <laughs> uh, what the hell, man? <laughs> I know, you know, everyone's expecting Colorado Avalanche to, to win and go in the next series and all that, which Golden Knights and Colorado Avalanche will be a hell of a series to see, uh, to say the least, really put butts in seats, you know. Um, but I would like to see the stars, you know, do something because they haven't gone, as I mentioned, I want to say this last episode that the Dallas stars have not went to the conference finals since 2008, since 2008, 12 years ago. And as I also mentioned in that episode, they would hit maybe the first, second round. And then after that, they'll go out of the playoffs, wouldn't even make the playoffs, maybe one, two, maybe even three years straight. And then they'll go back for maybe a round or two. And then they can just fall back down. They haven't had anything sustainable in a long time. Last cup they won was 99. Their only cup that they won was 99. And the next year, went to the Stanley Cup final, lost to the Devils. And after that, freaking just inconsistent. Inconsistency. And especially after 2008 when they lost to the Red Wings. Reagan inconsistency and you know hopefully they can uh, really just turn it on and maybe I mean I don't know if they blew their load too early on the goal front because they're scoring goals like pulling them out of which end you know like everyone was like oh what the where Dallas Stars scoring goals what that's kind of weird um but hopefully they figure it out um, but if not, you know, it's okay. Cause I got, I got, I already have my horse and I'm riding in, uh, riding in with since my primary one, uh, kind of prematurely got, uh, killed. But, uh, um, yeah, I'm on the golden Knights, uh, the horse till, till the end here. Um, and if the golden Knights somehow, some way get eliminated, I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I really don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, other than just like assess it, assess the games, be like, all right, this is who won, this is who lost, and I don't really have a horse in this race anymore. But, but yeah, um, yeah. But anywho, that's postseason talk here. Now let's talk about the next season and what that might look like. Uh, um, which, uh, if you, uh, 
out there were guessing, oh, it's going to be a shit show or a crapshoot. You might be correct. Uh, um, uh, Emily Kaplan and uh, Greg Wyshynski of ESPN uh, put out an article uh, going over what the uh, next season schedule might look like. Um, first off, apparently, uh, NHL Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly uh, has uh, called any declarative statements about the next season premature um so anyone putting in input about the uh next season a little bit premature uh saying that we are not far along in the planning for next year nor do we need to be but teams are formulating and forecasting which they should which they should always gotta be on your toes you know you know shit you know switches real quick especially with the whole covid uh stuff going on right now um, and given how quickly they'll have to move when those plans get are formalized, because um, ever since uh, the whole pause and all that, uh, with the question of what's next season's going to look like, Gary Bettman has been insistent on uh, restoring you know normalcy, uh, and he has been trying to uh, basically say, hey, you know, I believe we have. Uh, you know something in play to where we be able to do a full 82 game season uh he's saying looking at the schedule making some adjustments we believe we can make a full season uh play a full season if we can run a little later than usual uh that might be one of the consequences which uh because at first uh earlier articles are saying it was going to start maybe like january 1 and then i heard it was like december 15th but now uh, according to uh, this article, uh, the NHL and the NHLPA uh, tentatively agreed to a start date of December 1st uh, for next season with training camps beginning November 17th, uh, which also keep in mind that pr- uh, free agency opens October 9th. Uh, so it's going to be a real short and concise offseason to say the least. So, uh, Hopefully the guys that are in the playoffs right now don't get banged up too much. Uh-huh. Or at least your favorite team. Hopefully don't get banged up too much. Because uh, teams you hate, you want them to get banged up. Um, but private, uh, apparently privately, team executives believe that uh, number of the summer first might be a little bit too ambitious. Um, which is to I mean, you'd be kind of naive to think that... Uh, that would be um, you'd be a little bit naive to think that uh, that's too like right on the money you know because you don't know what the whole arena situation is going to be you're not going to know what uh, guidelines each city's going to have and also to tie into that real quick um there was discussion to where they could do instead of what they're doing with the playoffs right now where they have a bubble city for the western conference playoffs and a bubble city for eastern conference playoffs uh instead have a bubble city for each division and then as i have in my notes here the um they would then um go into basically have four bubble cities rotating all 31 teams uh, in eight game increments uh, because you play however many 
uh, games per your divisional rival per season. So it's basically, I guess, you just go through your division and like play whatever set and then go to the next city and play whatever set and go from there um which could definitely be a shit show although seeing how major league baseball really kicked it off with just saying hell hell with it we're not going to do any bubble cities we're going to travel as normal and having all the freaking the covid outbreaks and all that like how the Mar- the marlins had like 14 players freaking have it and they had to cancel a game or at least at least a game because of that and the cardinals having a similar thing happen to them and uh and that was absolute hell so the the nhl is not going to want to have that happen um and and clearly the bubbles showing the work um but with the whole bubble thing then you have to ask and if covid's a big deal by then um are the players that opted out because of the whole bubble thing and the COVID thing, would they try to do the same thing for the regular season? Which then you have to see, like, what does that mean for their standing with the team and so on and so forth? But uh, there's a lot more questions than answers at this point, and you know, it's all just mere speculation. I honestly hope is it's as long. I mean. Because also, they also mention that um, there is a NHL ex- executive. They didn't really specify because they kind of don't want don't want to get him in trouble, which is you know makes sense. Uh, um, as told ESPN, that they uh, he anticipates the season to become more of a 60-65 game season, uh, beginning the mid to late January, uh, and another one believes seventy games could be a baseline next season um but that's typically uh being used as a minimum uh for the tv contracts the regional tv contracts which also that's another thing you gotta keep, take in mind because uh, keep in mind because you don't really have to really really worry about that uh for the playoffs because as far as i know uh at least uh all american uh teams they have their um for the first round you have your local channel playing it but also if a depending on the matchup the uh national network so like in america here uh we have the nbc uh nbc uh networks that take ours so for example the blues have fox sports midwest fox sports midwest might want to take on the game, but also they might want to simulcast that on NBCSN or on uh, or have a feed on NBCSN or on USA Network or on CBN, uh, CBC, NBC, or um, so on and so forth. Um, Canada, I want to say it's different. I don't really know how that works. I know Sportsnet covers a lot of games. Um, TSN covers games, but I know Sportsnet, I want to say, has rights, majority of the rights to... Uh, the uh, playoffs because every time I because lately I've been watching the uh, Canadian feeds because I kind of get tired of the uh, American announcers to say the least but uh, um, and how they kind of you know how they talk about players and uh, teams and all that yeah no not really for me Um, but 
but yeah that's another thing you gotta keep in mind on top of the whole uh what's each city's ordinances and then if they can have fans in the stands and then if they can have uh well the logistical nightmare of having you know this whole covid thing happen and you know once again just a whole bunch of questions more than answers um and with that uh i mean we because it's as of today the september 3rd right now uh which october november so if the whole the whole thing of it being november 17th where we would get our uh where we would get our camp started that's only like a month and a half a little bit under a month and a half and then after that december 1st you know and yeah i know it's only september but hurricane the end like once the holidays start hitting like once halloween starts hitting it's just gonna fly gonna absolute fly i don't know if you're gonna hear my snapping but it's gonna fly um because they because the second half of the year flies like a freak like a train flying down the track with no e-brake right <laughs> uh say the least first first half of the year is excruciatingly slow like excruciatingly slow um which is also why it feels so long uh what the, why the nhl playoffs seem so long but right now they seem super fast <laughs> which is also because the days just keep going faster and faster and faster um but to keep it from going even longer and me rambling on uh, i just hope that once free agency hits we start hearing back uh about what's nhl's plan for next season and um where we go from here because free agency is gonna be a really really wild time uh because we are gonna have because as i bring back the whole um people who opted out thing you know if we're going back to bubble cities that's gonna have to have somewhat of a uh have a hand in play on where place uh, people go you know and uh and with the i want to say they have a cap freeze or at least like a, a to where it can't lower or higher it's just gonna stay 81.5 uh it's gonna really kind of uh it's gonna really challenge uh general managers for uh to building a competitive team and uh not going over the cap so um yeah this uh, october is going to be quite a wild ride and i uh gonna have to buckle up and buckle up buckaroo and uh get her going uh and it'll be sooner rather than later because it's only a month and six days away but yeah but yeah that's been the show uh like sure subscribe on the youtube side if you are uh watch quote unquote watching it because i know i don't have the video feed on there just audio uh with the thumbnail on there uh if you're on the podcast side don't forget to rate and subscribe uh thank you all for uh listening to the show and i'll catch you all in the next one thank you very much